Very well, good. I'm glad that you are here nice and early, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. A young man was at the gym working out when all of a sudden he noticed a beautiful young woman. She caught his eye. Well, the young man went over to one of the gym employees and said, there's a woman over there that I really want to impress. Do you know of any machines that women would really be impressed by if, if I use it? The gym employee said, well, there's one particular machine that most women would be impressed if, if you use it. He said, oh, please, show me, tell me. I really want to impress her. The gym employee said, I'm going to tell you the name of it. He says, okay, go ahead. He says, they will be impressed if you use the ATM. <laughs> the best one, someone says. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the last several weeks, I have focused on a series called the God Series. And in this series, we have looked at different aspects and characteristics of God. We've looked at the God who hears us, the God who knows us, the God who provides for us, the God who speaks to us, the God who pursues us. And today, our final message on that will be the God who died for us. So if you have your Bible, would you turn to John chapter 3, starting from verse 16. And if you are able to, would you stand with me as we read the word of God? John chapter 3, starting from verse 16. And why don't we read it together, uh, verses 16 to 18. It will be on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can gather together. And Lord, we thank you for the power that is contained and the truth that is contained in your holy word. We pray for your blessing upon it, and we pray that you would speak to us this morning, Lord, and help us to be obedient as we respond to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. The verses that we just read, and specifically the first verse that we just read, John chapter 3, verse 16, is one of the most well-known verses amongst people, whether Christian or non-Christian. Many of you have probably grown up learning that verse as a child, maybe even memorizing it, learning it in Sunday school, hearing it over and over again. It's a very familiar verse. 
The problem with having a verse that is so familiar is that sometimes because we know something so well and we can recite it off by heart and we've grown up with it, we can begin to take the meaning of it for granted. We can lose the essence of what it truly is saying to us and for us. And so as we look at these verses, may you look at it with fresh eyes, with an open mind, even though you may have read it many, many times. It starts by saying, for God so loved the world. You see, when God says that he loved the world, what he's actually saying in this phrase is that I love everyone. You see, God loves us so much. He loves every single person. And so the God who died for us, we can be reminded, loves every single person. He tells us he loves the world. Maybe you've wondered to yourself, does God really love me? Does God really care about me? Well, he just answers your question there by saying he loves the world, for God so loves the world. God assures us that he loves the whole world, and that includes every single person in the world. In my previous message, I talked about the God who pursues us and his great love for us. And I want to remind you that no matter who you are, whether you are rich or you are poor, God loves you. Whether you are old or young, God loves you. Whether you are black or white, God loves you. Whether you are big or small, tall or short, no matter who you are, God loves you. And so we know that he loves every single person. You see, God may not necessarily be happy with some of the choices that we've made or some of the things that we have done, but that does not change his love towards us. He still loves every single one of us, and his love towards us will never change. And so the fact that God loved the world so much caused him to give his one and only son. He gave his one and only son. You see, the God who died for us made the ultimate sacrifice for us. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. The problem that we have is that sin separates us from God. Sin is that thing that keeps us from having a relationship or coming into the presence of God. And so the fact that we are sinful, fallen people separates us automatically from a holy God. And the punishment for that sin is eternal suffering. Yet God looked upon the world with love. He looked upon each and every one of us. He looked upon us as lost and broken and hurt people, as people who could not save themselves, and he decided he was going to do something about it. God sent Jesus to us. And here's the amazing thing. God didn't have to do anything, yet he chose to do it. That means that he willingly gave up his life. That means that he willingly chose to lay down his life for us without any hesitation or regret. 
He made the ultimate sacrifice for us. And it's amazing when we think of the amount of sacrifice God has made for us. The, the fact that he loves us so much that he would do this for us. Now, I'm not a parent or a grandparent yet, but those of you who are, I'm sure that you could agree that you would do everything and anything in your power to protect your children and grandkids, right? You, you would do whatever you could to make sure that they were safe and, and to protect them. And you would not willingly give them up for someone else's sake. You would not willingly hand them over. You would do everything you could to protect them. Yet that's exactly what God did in giving up his one and only son for us. For our sake, he made the ultimate sacrifice in handing Jesus over and saying, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. Because he loves us and he cares about us. Jesus willingly gave up his life on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And you've heard that probably time and time again, but that simply means that the punishment that was meant for us to endure, he took. The punishment that was meant for us to endure, he took upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. That means that the beatings, the shame, the guilt, the pain, the suffering, the humiliation, the torture, the ultimate death that he suffered that was meant for us, he took so we wouldn't have to. God made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Jesus was our spotless lamb, the one who laid down his life for us, and the cleansing blood that he has pours over us, and it is what washes us white as snow. It is what offers us the forgiveness of sins when we come to God humbly and ask for that forgiveness. The songwriter is so right when he says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. After Christ's sacrifice, there was no need for any more shedding of blood. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 and 14 says, Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, and by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. God paid dearly with the life of his son, the highest price he could pay, and we will never be able to repay God for what he has done for us. And he doesn't want us to repay him. The only thing that he wants is for us to surrender our lives to him. Is for us to look to him and to serve him faithfully, to worship him, understanding how much he truly loves us. He makes that offer to give it to us, that forgiveness of sins so that we could be washed whiter than snow. God loves us so much that he says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The God who died for us gives us eternal life. He gives everyone who believes in him eternal life. That means that we all have the opportunity to accept that eternal life. Everyone who believes in him. 
When I go grocery shopping, because that's what I do now, right? <laughs> My idea of a wild night is going to Freshco. <laughs> when I go grocery shopping, one of the things that I just find myself doing is when I pick up an item before I buy it, is I always check the expiry date. Do you do that as well? Do you check the expiry date, especially on things you know that can spoil quicker? And I find myself doing that, especially for items that um, I know will expire faster and things that I'm not necessarily going to use right away. So I kind of want an idea of you know, how long I can keep it, if it's worth buying right now, or, or maybe I should wait. The reason that we do that is because most food have an expiry date. Right? It will only last so long before it's no good or it's rotten and you have to throw it away and can't use it anymore. And so, you know, it, it's not good. It doesn't serve its, its purpose. Much like food having an expiry date, we too all one day will experience our life coming to an end. We too all have a date that God has written down in his book that we will breathe our last breath and we will depart this earth. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is, where will I go? Many people ask themselves the question of, is there anything after this life? Is there anything more than what I can see and what I'm living right now? Is there really a heaven in store for me? Is there really something else is there anything else? Many people ask themselves this. And right now, I'm going to speak to you very plainly about this. You, you've heard it before, but I'm going to speak very plainly and simply so that you can't be, uh, I can't be misunderstood and you can't say you didn't know. The fact is that the Bible teaches that after we leave this earth here and now, after we take our last breath and we die, that there are two possible destinations that we can go to, heaven or hell. And, and whether you want to believe in hell doesn't change the fact that it exists. Whether you want to believe that you will go there or not doesn't change the fact that there are so many people headed there. And the truth is that we need to make sure that we are ready because it's not just something that's in books or fairy tales, but it's reality that we will all have to face one day. Jesus says that whoever, that means that everyone and anyone has the same opportunity. You may not have had certain opportunities like other people growing up, but here's the good news. You all have this opportunity right now. Whoever believes in me, that means that we have a responsibility, that God is there holding out this gift of salvation, but it is our responsibility to come and take it. It is our responsibility to believe in him in order to accept that gift that he's giving us. He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to make you take it, but we have to accept it and believe for ourselves. Whoever believes in me, he gives us that opportunity. Believing in Christ means that we acknowledge him as the one true living God, 
that we acknowledge his death and resurrection, that we acknowledge that he is the only one who is able to forgive us of our sins. We acknowledge that he gives us eternal life and life itself is found in him. Do you believe in him? The commentary from the Life Application Bible says this, to believe is more than intellectual agreement that Jesus is God. It means to put our trust and confidence in him, that he alone can save us. It is to put Christ in charge of our present plans and eternal destiny. Believing is both trusting his words as reliable and relying on him for the power to change. So if anyone truly believes in Jesus, he tells us that they will not perish. That means that they will not experience eternal death and suffering in going to hell, but they will have eternal life in him. That is the promise that we have. That is the hope that we have in Christ, that we are guaranteed a spot in heaven, that one day we know that we are bound for eternal life, that our home in glory is waiting for us. One of the greatest assurances that we can ever have in this life is the assurance of heaven one day, the guarantee that when this life comes to an end, that there's no need to hope or wonder or even wish, but to know for certain that we are bound for heaven. The God who died for us gave us that opportunity. Salvation is a free gift that we receive by faith. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. That is what we need to do in order to be saved, to believe and to confess. You will receive salvation, and it is only found in the God who died for us, in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It is only in him. The God who died for us also tells us that he did not come to condemn us, but to save us. He did not come into this world to condemn us, but to save us. Some people look upon God as one who sits there waiting for us to mess up waiting for us to do something wrong so he can punish us, so he can uh, judge us, so he can do things for us. Contrary to what most people believe, that is not what God does, and that is not what God wants to do. You see, God loves us so much and sees us for who we are and, and sees that we are so broken and hopeless that he is the one who decided to do something about our situation. He saw the direction that we were headed in, and he says, I'm the only one who can change it. And so he sends Jesus. He is a God who loves us, not a God who, who wants to punish us. But the fact remains that if we do not choose him, then he has no choice. He is a just God. He is a fair God. And he gives us plenty of warning. But we have to make the decision to choose him. God made the sacrifice of his son Jesus so that we would not have to stand condemned but stand forgiven. 
He is the one who made it possible for us to have another way. God tries everything that he can to save us, but it is up to us to accept that gift of salvation. It is when we choose to accept and believe in him that we can enjoy the benefits of the salvation he died to give us. I want to read for you the message version of John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. It says this, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again, Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. God did not come to point the finger, but to save us from the consequences of our sin. Every day, whether on the news or radio, whether we see it in person. Death is all around us. People are constantly dying, whether it is from a tragic illness, whether it is from a fatal accident, whether it's from whatever means. Death often comes when we least expect it. And usually it doesn't give much warning and we know by now that it is no respecter of persons. It doesn't respect age, race, culture, gender. It doesn't respect any of those things because it can come at any time to any of us. And the truth is that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And I want you to understand that this is not something that we joke about, but it is something serious that we need to understand and the question that I have for you, that I seriously want you to consider, are you ready to meet your maker? Are you ready for eternity at any moment? Because the truth is that any of us can go at any time, and we need to make sure that we're ready. We need to make sure that we have peace with God. Can you honestly say with all of the uncertainty around us in this world right now, can you say, it is well with my soul? And if you can, then wonderful. But if you can't, then today is a day that you need to make a decision, that you need to choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And not just knowing that you have peace with God, but here's the other question for you. What about your family members and loved ones? What about those who don't yet know Jesus as Savior and Lord? When was the last time you told someone about Jesus? When was the last time we told someone about the God who loves them, about a God who died for them, about a God who offers them forgiveness and eternal life? You see, people need to know in order to be saved. People need to know, and we all have a responsibility. 
We all have that responsibility to do all that we can, as long as we can, to save as many people as we can, because eternity is a long time. And there are only two possible destinations, heaven or hell. And there are no do-overs, there's no restarts, there's no redos, there, there are no second chances after death. This is it. We have the opportunity now. And that is the good news that we have, that today can be the day of salvation for you. That today is the day that you still have breath in your lungs, that you can still make a decision that it is not too late. And that is the good news. It is time to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to choose him and to accept his forgiveness. And may you truly be urged in every day not to waste each day, but to use the knowledge that you have to share with others, to tell others about Christ, to show his love, to help them to see that there is a God who loves them. Today can be that day for you. May we truly put our trust in this wonderful God who died to give us all of these wonderful benefits. May God's death and resurrection not be in vain, but truly be our gift of salvation. The God who died for us loves every single person. The God who died for us made the ultimate sacrifice. He is the one who gives eternal life to everyone who believes in him. And the God who died for us did not come to condemn us, but to save us. He loves you, he accepts you, and he wants to be with you forever. Have you made that choice to trust in him? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, for the reminder of your sacrifice for us. And Lord, we know that you paid the highest price possible for us. And we thank you, O oh God, for your amazing love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that you constantly show us. And Lord, I pray for those here right now and for their family members and loved ones, for those who do not yet know you, that God, we would feel an urgency to tell others. We would feel an urgency to, to show others your love and to help them to understand that today is the day of salvation, that tomorrow may not be guaranteed, but we can have peace with you now. And so, Lord, we thank you for the assurance of eternal life. We thank you for the hope that we have beyond the grave. And we thank you, oh God, that one day we will be able to celebrate with you for eternity. And so, God, may you bless your people and may you challenge their hearts and their lives to truly see, Lord, where they are with you in right relationship or not and make that decision for themselves. And so, God, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for all that you offer us even when we don't deserve it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.